0: Welcome to another episode of Said Your Nan. My name's James and my name's Stuart. We're just two guys who got together to raise awareness on men's mental health.
1: During these episodes, we will talk about important issues facing men and their mental health. We are by no means professionals and the opinions in this podcast are our own, but please feel free to join in the conversation.
0: Each episode see us discuss different topics to help everyone better understand some of the ways that men deal or don't with their mental health.
1: Overall, our aim is to get people talking.
0: Hey Stu, how are you doing?
1: I'm good, thank you. How are you doing?
0: Yeah, I'm very well. How's your week been?
1: Yeah, not too bad. Um, I don't know, there's not really much to talk about this week in terms of what I've been doing. It's been quite quite run up to Christmas uh, is this week. Uh, for anyone that don't know, what we're doing is we, we've pre-recorded this week's episode and this is uh, just the run up to it. So well, uh, we're we'll probably be it sounds like this conversation will be a little bit out of sync because it's the run up to Christmas now, but you'll be listening to this probably after Christmas by the time we release it.
0: No, no, absolutely. We just uh, as we're both away over the over the Christmas break, we wanted to make sure we had some an episode ready to go uh for the in between.
1: Yeah, and I don't think what's well, happened this week? We've met up a couple of times. We haven't had any real interesting moments this week have we? Nothing that's a stand out. Usually there's always something no. we talk about that's that leaves us laughing or giggling away but i don't know. I think i've just spent no, it's most been of it's time... been
0: relatively dry
1: yeah i've just spent most <laughs> <laughs> i've just spent most of my time trying to do my christmas shopping which i'm still failed at by the way and it's well today's the you know, couple of days before christmas and i'm like eh, i'll get it done and that that's probably a typical man thing right
0: yeah yeah i'm, I'm not as bad as i used to be i used to be uh, you know, my younger days, very much, you know, living living hand to mouth and you'd be waiting to get paid on Christmas Eve as it was at the time and I'd be out the door at seven in the morning, Christmas Eve, to rush off to the shops to get me uh, my Christmas shopping done. Um, you know, not not as bad as pulling into the service station on the way to somebody's house to pick up a, you know, set of windscreen wipes <laughs> for them as a Christmas present. Not that I've ever done that, but, um, you know.
1: oh, true, true. Well, you know, I... I think I was the same. It used to be Christmas Eve, and the way that I looked at it, it was probably a really broken logic. Was if I if I left it until Christmas Eve, I didn't have a choice. I had to get everything. So it wasn't like you go out on the you know fifteenth of November or fifteenth of December and go shopping, and you go oh I'll I've got this for mum, got this for dad, brothers, sisters, friends, whatever, and then you go oh, but it's all right. I've got a few days. I'll go out and pick something later. If you went Christmas Eve, you was near as damn it. <laughs> That situation, we're like, tough shit, yep. you got to do it, get it, no prezzies.
0: Yeah. So. But we're not here to talk about the struggles of Christmas, we've been there and done that in the previous episode.
1: <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no, well, that's true, yeah, and uh we'll probably be talking about the, uh, the outcome of Christmas in the new year at some point, on uh, either whether it was hectic, you know, family dramas, etc, etc, so... We shall soon see, but uh, but no, this episode, um, as we mentioned at the end of the last one, is around alcoholism. So um, yeah, we'll, we hope you enjoy. We'll get we'll get moving on with that now, and uh, yeah, we will. Uh, I hope you enjoy. So it's probably a good one for you to start on, mate. Considering you've uh, yeah, all right, discussed this before so, yourself.
0: Um, this is a rather sobering subject. How apt how apt indeed so I want to talk a little bit about alcoholism and dependency on alcohol um, I just want to set the scene so um, I don't class myself as dependent on alcohol but I do recognize some of the signs of alcoholism um, certainly in the last couple of months most evenings I will find myself going to a bottle of red wine um, it's becoming very, well, It has become very much a habit, um, certainly tried to break it and had very limited success with that. So um, I thought it's a good subject to talk about and talk about some of the things I've experienced and uh, then we'll look at some of the data that sits behind it.
1: Yeah, and I mean from an outsider's point of view, and I know, knowing James and how much he does drink. <laughs> um, you know I'd argue that there is a dependency. Yeah. But that's my view, but I would argue I mean, there is a dependency but it's not probably quite as uh as far gone as alcoholism. Yeah. Like I don't think you would get the shakes and you know physically be mm. unable to function without it, but I think that you have a dependency on it when your world is going a specific way. Like yep. I watch the 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 kind of peaks and troughs of what's going on in your work and home life and how much alcohol you drink to when you kind of, again, want of a better phrase, but put your big boy pants on, right? <laughs> yep. We'll hear that a lot during this yep. conversation. one of because, my favourites. Yeah, but big, and you go, do you know what, why am I doing this? Yeah. And then you, you drop it down and you might have a glass a night. And well, the points where you've stopped.
0: So, I, haven't, I haven't drunk now since Wednesday last week. So yeah, that's, so, yeah,
1: so there's, there's a great deal of, of control mm. that you've got when you can but i think that when you're when you talk about dependency at what point and this is i'm not talking about james here i'm talking about people at what point do you get to that same level of i can take it or leave it to one day that you just get tipped yeah and at that point a bottle becomes two or three Then you come home from work and you can't not have a bottle or two or three. And then the weekend comes along, the kids go to bed and you're drinking. And so on and so forth. And that's with anyone. And I think dependency starts at just
0: the need for alcohol. It does. It does. You know, uh, as an example, I'll generally get up around seven in the morning, normally with a bit of a headache from the night before. And I think that was a really bad idea. I'm not (laughs) going to do that again. Um, I'll make it through the day and come half six seven at night when I'm logging off from work I'm then thinking oh I really fancy a glass of wine now and then the wine gets opened and you know the the comical side of it is I think the bin men that come and collect my recycling bins they're pretty judgmental in my road, they, they have a habit of opening the lids of the bins just to check what's inside. Mine's just full of wine bottles. Does it just sound like, like Santa
1: Claus turning up when they jingle you? Yeah, <laughs> your and I mean, they must
0: be bloody heavy. The guy drags them across <clears throat> the road to the uh, the bin truck and loads them on. <clears throat> and I guess the other part of dependency as
1: well is, is whether you're, not you, but also you, but is whether your respective partner realises that you are or aren't requiring to drink alcohol at night time. If they're drinking with you. Because actually that's a big thing, right? If your partner's a drinker as well, or well, you just keep going because yeah. oh I'll have a glass of wine, I'll have a glass of wine. That's no one's fault, right? But um, it's it becomes a you then become embroiled in this kind of camaraderie of, as as a couple of drinking together and whatnot,
0: and and we, and we very much are. I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, you know. And she, if she was sitting on the table, sitting on the table, <laughs> then I'd be worried. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'd, I'd be leaving right yeah, now yeah, and leaving yeah, to it. Yeah. yeah. If she was sitting here at the table, she'd say the same thing. I think where uh, for me, and again, hopefully people out there will will be able to resonate with this is it gets difficult. Is we'll have a we'll have a day, get to the evening. She'll have a drink, I won't. But then there's the little kind of snipey comments that come with that. Yeah. You know, why are you not having a drink? You know, and there's just little banter that goes on. And actually, it makes me feel like, well, maybe I should just have a drink.
1: Agree. And that—that's exactly it. It's because you are kind of, and to be fair, to the other person, is they're not going to know what you're going through. No, no. Not well, they might, but they might not realise exactly to what extent that that might actually affect you. So, not doing anything wrong. But this goes back to that point again, I think, with alcoholism and men in general, I think you just hit the nail on the head is, men will go, oh, I must be doing something wrong. Am yeah. I supposed to be drinking? You know, well, this is what I've got to do is where, I think women are a little more concerned. If you went, why are you not having a drink? They'll just tell you, shut up, Yeah. right? Because they will, I just don't want one. All right, okay, yeah. <laughs> fair enough. As where a man would be like, well, maybe I should. Maybe yeah. I should get involved in this whole having a drink thing with my partner because it's the masculine thing to do. I don't mm. know, it depends. Um, depends what you're drinking. Um, but ultimately,
0: they're not doing anything wrong because no. they're just wanting to drink with you. And I've, you know? I've massively changed over the years. You know, I look back to when I was in my 20s, 30s. Having a drink was about going out, mm-hmm. right, and socialising. Nowadays, it's sitting at home and drinking wine. It's very occasional I go out. You know, you and I went out a few months back and I ended up drinking like 15 pints of Guinness, which was a bit destructive and... uh I feel sorry for you having to uh, sit on the train on the way home. With
1: well, me. well, no, because like you know, I mean, from a, a, my point of view, you handled that drink relatively well. Yeah, I'm not an
0: angry drunk or anything like that. No, no and, and
1: so, yeah, that's... yeah, but but and this is the problem, I guess. Really, you're you're a big lad, right? So yeah. you're six foot tall, you know, or so, and and you're built big, so yeah. you absorb alcohol well. And, and I think we all deal with alcohol relatively differently, but you you took those pints pretty well, and it wasn't until we got out that I could really tell when we were walking back. So I didn't think to stop you. No. So in my head and I should have thought about it 15 pints is a reasonable amount, but in my head I was like he's fine. Yeah. You know he's yeah. absolutely fine, it's not an issue. He's carrying on the conversation is still coherent. It's not an issue. But actually when we got outside I was like yeah you've drunk too much. Yeah. And and yeah, you know this is this isn't good, you know, but um and maybe that's the problem, right? Is right. everyone's got a different limit. So for you you might drink fifteen pints of lager, right, or fifteen Guinnesses. What if I tried to catch up with you because I didn't want to seem like I was a bit of a a bit of a pussy? You'd probably
0: being Osfield. That'd be fair. Uh, yeah.
1: Do you know what I mean? And being someone doesn't drink either. Yeah, yeah. You know, I haven't absolutely. drunk. I haven't drunk in quantity since my twenties, mm. and I'm now in my mid forties. Yeah. So my body's probably going to go fuck off. You know. I mean, I do all right. Mm. I've always handled my alcohol relatively well. The last time I got absolutely obliterated was my twenty-first birthday, and that. I can tell you right now, do not want to repeat. Um, but my point being is I'm smaller, smaller yep. frame. I don't drink. If I wanted to play catch up, because this is another thing, right? Wanting to get in there with the big boys. Mm. If you're feeling emasculated by other people drinking quickly, faster, more quantity, you're gonna to want to do it yep. to catch up. That's why I did on my 21st birthday, just to be clear. So that was the point, right? I didn't drink. All the other men there were drinking like beasts. Mm. So I tried to catch up. Not pretty. No. Yeah. Okay. And I think that is a real problem as well. So you can actually be forced into alcohol oh, dependency.
0: Yeah. yeah. To a degree. Yeah. You
1: yeah. know, by trying to keep up with your friends.
0: One of the reasons I don't socially go out and drink so much anymore, you know, because the, the circles that I'm I'm in and I go out with we'll have a few drinks, then the rounds of shots start coming in and yep. it just mounts and mounts and mounts. And Before you know it, it's two in the morning and you're standing at a kebab van. <laughs> right? Um, but the other side for me, personally, is the cost associated. It's only when you take a step back and again, in hindsight, it's a wonderful thing and there's nothing to say in a week's time I won't be back doing this again but, you know, my, my partner and I will quite happily drink a bottle of red wine each of an evening. Right? Mm, yep. And I, I'm at the stage, and this I don't mean to sound snobbish, right? I do not drink cheap wine anymore, right? So for me, where I used to drink a bottle of wine, which was a fiver, it's now...
1: 12 quid, 13 quid. 10, yeah. 11, yeah. 12
0: quid. Um, she can still have the cheap wine, that's that's fine. But, <laughs> you know, me, I've got more taste. Um, so if you average out, say, 15 quid a night on wine, because we're both drinking a bottle, right? And we do that probably six days a week...
1: Mm. It becomes expensive. Yeah, yeah. You're spending hundreds. Yeah, you're spending hundreds. You know,
0: seventy five quid, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, roughly. If 30, if yeah, something like you're that. You're
1: spending hundreds. Of, well, you can end up spending hundreds over a month. Yeah, yeah. What I'm getting at yeah. is, you you get to a point where it, it becomes disposable cash, right? Because you don't realise it's siphoning slowly yeah. out of your out of your bank because you you're like, well, where have I spent that money?
0: That's when, the question. Where's that money gone? You, know? you look at what you've spent on food and I'm using inverted commas their food across the month, and you go, Jesus, how have I spent that much money on food?
1: Yeah, but it's like, it's like you and I going for coffee there, right? Yeah. You don't realise how much... You know, you and I, we, a couple of coffees, it's five, six quid yeah, a pop. If we had one coffee each, one morning every week, we're already racking up 25-odd quid or so, you yeah. know? Um, but we don't, we'll have two or three. So we might, between the two of us, do 50 quid a week, in coffees, yeah, like split between so 25 quid each, yeah, but it, it becomes expensive. Yeah, and you sit yeah. there and you think, Well, it's not a lot when you break it down. No. I spent 25, well, I spent 25 quid in the last six, seven days on coffee. That's all right, that's not so bad, mm-hmm. yeah, but you do it every week, yeah, right? So, you've just spent a hundred pound a month or more or a little less, whatever, but around a hundred pound a month on coffee, mm. right? But I would argue, and I've said this before because you said about it, I would argue. That that one hundred pound a month spent sat with you, talking shit, far outweighs the negative feelings I would have if I didn't get out of a house.
0: I'm exactly the same. Totally. Agree and with didn't that.
1: come and sit, and didn't come and do, because I, look, in, in all honesty, I'll be honest with the listeners, right? I I don't go necessarily to that coffee shop for a conversation with James because yeah. he sits there on his calls at work his head's and he's chatting I get like a few minutes in between um, conversations but that getting out of the house and spending some time with a mate and having those couple of minutes Ooh. in between stops me from literally smacking my head against the wall you know and nine times out of ten I'm the one going to you are I coffee this morning Yeah, coffee this morning because of I don't know if it's because I've got a learned behaviour of just getting up and going for a coffee but it helps Yeah. and we can both work from a coffee shop so we're very lucky you know and I appreciate people don't have that Function, you know, find other ways. Mm. Recommendations. If you've got a kitchen at work, go and sit in one. Pick up the phone, speak to someone. But that money that we spend, those that couple hundred quid yeah, a month yeah. for the two of us, it, for me, helps. Yeah, hundred percent. Until I look at my bank and then think to myself, mm, don't have to have him as a friend. <laughs>
0: it's not that important. <laughs> no, no, it's um, really not. No, but
1: yeah, anyway. So we digress anyway from the alcohol side of stuff. But I think. You know, I, I think what we're getting at here is, is, you know, there's a a dependency in general that kind of floats around this social aspect, be it a coffee or an, you know, yeah, an alcoholic drink. Is, yeah. But if you're going to do the alcohol side of it, you know, there's some pretty damning stats, right?
0: Absolutely. So I think uh biggest stat we could find was website drinkaware.co.uk. You might have seen it on some of the adverts that talk about, um, well... Branded adver- advertising for alcohol generally has it as the last split second of the advert. Um, so the, the word alcoholism comes from uh, a strong uncontrollable desire to drink. So what we were saying is that I need a drink. I need to know where my next drink's coming from. Um. And yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm there. But actually, when I'm saying sitting here and talking to you and saying I get to that time of an evening and I'm going, you need a drink. I need a drink. Mm-hmm. There you go. You know,
1: sporadic bouts of alcoholism.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yep. So the NHS <coughs> estimates that around nine percent of men in the UK and three percent of women in the UK show signs of alcohol dependence. Nine percent of men. And I
1: think that's where you fit, right? So yep. show signs of. That's yep. not saying you are permanently fully dependent on alcohol. Yeah. But you're showing signs of dependency.
0: And it means that drinking alcohol becomes an important part of someone's life. And they're unable to function without it. Now, I don't think I'm unable to function without it. No. That's that's not me. But um, but yeah, absolutely. It is, it is an important part of my life.
1: And look, you know, I'm going to call out because I think it's important. Look, you know, this is tough to talk about. Yeah. Right. OK, so not many people are going to sit there on a podcast to tens of ones of people because yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many people are going to listen to it yeah. or going to spend any time but they're not going to sit there and openly go actually the more I'm talking about it you know this is what I'm doing and, yeah. and actually having to discuss it and talk to it not you know we've had the conversation so it's no news to me but but you you, you know other people are listening to you say mm-hmm. this now and probably people we know
0: right oh, so, absolutely. so absolutely so you know calling it out well done because this is the point but but that's why I'm doing it yeah because if if there's just one person that listens to me talking and goes, yep. I'm like that, mm. do I need to go and get some help? That makes it all worthwhile, yeah.
1: I mean, I'd like to see her, and say I'm a sex addict, and that's my side of things, do you know what I mean? So, we can get to that later, and we can just big up that from my side of it.
0: Big it up, yeah?
1: There you go, you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, we should talk about my life now, yeah, and yeah. about all this sex that I'm yeah. doing. It's just I can't help myself.
0: Yeah, I've know? got a spray bottle here. It's like one of those dogs you have to spray <laughs> when you start <it's> like, tumbling <laughs> your leg, you know?
1: That's it. Um, but no, no, but, but calling it out, I think. Yeah. And again, I think if you ever speak to somebody, if you ever talk to somebody that does what James is doing now and discusses some real personal parts of their life and some important things is shout out that it's brave and that it is important that it's a good thing that they spoke mm. and that it it should never be seen as being a bad thing to do. Yeah. Anyway, but just saying, you know No, no
0: totally agree. Totally agree. Um there's loads of stats on drink aware and I don't wanna take everybody's time up by, by reading verbatim, but I think some of the things that are important to call out are the signs and symptoms of alcohol dependency because if you're not experiencing them yourself because you're not alcohol dependent it's being able to spot those signs in other people people you know and you love so biggest one is worrying about where your next drink's coming from as i mentioned earlier um and planning social and family and work events around alcohol you know specifically going to a bar because it's got this alcohol there that you want to try or Um, you know discussing who's bringing the drinks to parties and things like that you know that their signs Um, finding a you have a compulsive need to drink and finding it hard to stop once you start Um, and it's an interesting one because it's I suppose it's no different to taking a drug of sorts you know you build up a tolerance over time so like like for me drinking a bottle of red wine used to get me completely bollocksed right
1: now two bottles of red wine well now yeah, it would yeah. take
0: two bottles to get me boxed. I don't drink two bottles, I drink one but it's at that point now where that's not having the same effect that it used to have right, so you might you might drink a bottle of red wine and then you have a couple of shots as a chaser at the end of it just to uh, to take it there you
1: know? so, so look, take it as me interviewing you because mm. I haven't got a clue right because it do- doesn't affect me not being... Any, having no need for it, I don't yeah. think I've got any alcohol in that. Well, I have got some alcohol in the house, but when I moved into yeah. this, yeah, when I moved into this house back in April last year, James bought me eight cans of Strongbow
0: dark fruit. Dark fruit. Mm.
1: I've still got cans in the fridge. Yeah. Right, you know, and this is, this is literally how little I drink. And at that point, I was actually quite partial to it. I quite really? liked it back then. I was, you know, I was like, well, if we you know, went out and had a drink and I actually had an alcoholic drink, that would be something I'd like. But even then, still, I didn't get past that point. No, no, so, no. so from, from an outsider's point of view, you sit in there and going you, know, you go to these two bottles now, and that's what will really get you wankered, right? As opposed to one bottle that would have done it. Is what what value do you get? From getting to one bottle of one bottle of wine, you get to the end of one bottle of wine. what has it done for you if if it takes you two now to get drunk what is it what what's the feeling of having a bottle of wine? Is it comfort? does it help you mentally? Is it like smoking a cigarette? you know people get stressed they have a cigarette and then all of a sudden they're calm again
0: it does so so for me there's there's two elements right. I do like red wine. I like the taste of a good red wine. Right. So like, you know, you drinking full fat coke as an example, yeah. right? You know, there's a there's a I like certain wines. Going to a whole bottle, I think I'm looking for that release. I'm looking for that, you know, I've had a shit long day, stressful day. I want to wind down. That will help me wind down. That will relax me. That will help me just forget about the day I've had.
1: And is that... Do you think... I'm not a psychologist, so I wouldn't know, but do you think it's... That's more the mental side of it? So it's not actually the drink that's making you feel relaxed. It's the action of drinking. I don't know. Because I don't... Yeah, that's what I mean. I I, you know, somebody probably have more... Mm. There's probably going to be studies out there, really. it's probably something we can look into, but if anyone's got any thoughts on that, feel free to email. Yeah, email us uh, in. Yeah. Um, Said your at uh, onthemend.org.uk. Yeah. Um... Because, you know, we're interested and we want to spread that information at the yeah, same time. So, so for me, I sit there and I think and I go, you know, sometimes because eating, eating lots when you're bored, mm. you're not hungry, so you're not necessarily hungry, but you want to eat because if you eat, then you're doing something or or yeah. you feel like you need it, but you don't. You know, similar, very similar to drinking alcohol is like you be, you know, you're drinking alcohol. But actually, is it a mental block? Is it Mm. something that, you know, until the point you get to your two bottles where you reach a limit, and then actually all that's done is basically just completely wiped your brain, right? Because then your body can't control what it does. Basically, Because the alcohol is a drug, so it affects your specific way, and you become incapable of Mm. doing anything. So if you were feeling shitty, you don't anymore because you've just kind of switched off and your body's been taken over. Yeah. But if you're at that kind of limbo state, where you just want to take the edge off. Like, Is that a good way of explaining I it? Guess just it take is. the yeah, edge yeah. off. Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. I don't know. But
0: yeah. Yeah, I think it's 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 fair, it, you know. Opinion, not, right? This is opinion. So no, I don't know. No, no, I it. don't want
1: to no. I, and again I'm not I don't want to take away from people that generally suffer from alcoholism and sit there and demean it by saying you're just taking the edge off and it's not really a thing, is it all in your head. I don't mean it like that. I just mean what at what fun at what point does picking up a glass, filling it, drinking and having another glass turn from a mental need to do it to a, I can't but do it? Do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah, is there a crossover it? Yeah. when it becomes you just can't stop yourself and to the point of where you've, the reason you've got to drink is to wind down.
0: And that's that's in my head where I, I struggle because... If I want to go and get shit-faced, I'll go and buy a bottle of vodka, right? And drink it and get shit-faced. Job done.
1: Yeah.
0: There's there's That's not element... your aim, is it? That's no. That's the thing. Yeah. There's an element of enjoying the drink I'm drinking. Yeah. But also getting the benefits of, of, you know, dropping that stress out and dropping, you know. And, you know, you and I have had these conversations. I have, a re- at the moment, really unhealthy diet, right? And most of the time, I'm eating shit, I'm, we're not exercising at the moment. I'm You're working longer hours. Much. I'm working longer yeah. hours, and it's taking its toll. Yeah. You know, I'm waking up in the morning. I'm getting pains where my kind of you know kidneys live around that sort of area from the you know the drinking too much, and I don't mind talking about it honestly. It's difficult because you end up in this routine, and it's not just because of the alcohol. It's the routine that dictates. I'm finishing work late. All I want to do is chuck a pizza in the oven and, you know, open a bottle of wine. Because that's nice and easy. 15 minutes, I've got some dinner, I can chill out on the sofa and then go to bed. That's it. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. And it has it comes with a number of additional stresses, because you go down the route of like you said, you so you you need to drink mm. because you want to drink. Yeah. And it's the effect of drinking that helps you. Mm. But then once you've done that and you look back at the money you've spent. And the financial impact that it has on mm-hmm. you. Then you look at the, what am I doing with my life impact? Because all you're doing is coming home from work, drinking wine, going to bed. Yep. You're not, because, because that's what you want to do, right? That's that's fine, because that's what you want to do. That's how you unwind. But actually, what, what else could you do? Is there anything that you could do that, you know, actually stuff you want to do? Like we were saying earlier on, it's like turn your computer on and, and, and play a new game that you've had sat there for three yeah, months yeah. not going, you know, because you don't want to because if your whole life revolves around a routine that you're in and then you have to try and dissect the bloody cause of it, yep. you know, and then you look at it and think, bloody hell, there's a lot of freaking causes here, mm-hmm. you know, and you can't just stop them all of the sudden and everything be fine and drink bridges that gap.
0: Yeah, and, and I think our... You know, when we set this out and we originally went into this, eyes wide open, we know all the right things to do. Mm-hmm. Both of us, right? <laughs> but it's one of those things, you know... Do as I say. Yeah, do as I say, not as I do. And, I, and I, and you know, I'm not preaching to anybody, but, like I say, if, if anybody can listen to this and take something away that goes, I can reflect on that and that might be me, then I've helped somebody. And that makes me feel a lot better about it. And, yeah, you know, i sort myself out I'm sure sorry well said your name don't do that <laughs> not here anyway go and do it um, I'm not I look at the symptoms I'm not absolutely dependent on alcohol I don't suffer withdrawal symptoms uh, if I stop drinking because I haven't had a drink now since Wednesday last week and we're on Sunday now actually it was Tuesday night last week I lie um, to right now I don't feel the need to there's some really nice tasting zero alcohol beers out there, which I've got the fridge stocked up with, so I can crack one of those open of an evening. Yeah. Um, I don't wake up in the morning with an undying need to go and have a drink. You know, it, it tends to be later into the evening.
1: But this is where we're talking about the differentiation, right? So there yep. are these stats as literally pointing out, you know, that if you are feeling those feelings, you mm. wake up needing a drink. Now, I've, I've in my family and in my lifetime I've had people around me that have been alcoholics Mm. so I know the signs to a degree in terms of when I'm looking at uh, you on a day-to-day basis, yep. not the behind-the-scenes kind of stuff, because there is still, like I say, some dependency there, but actual alcoholism and how you can easily see that, mm. you know, from people being found in the streets with their trousers soiled and having to be taken home and the police calling to say this is what's happened and, you know, then getting that person home and, and hearing the same conversations. Mm. I won't do it again, I won't do it again. Then two weeks later having to f- repeat the same thing. Mm. So... And in that particular instance, that was brought around by depression, right? So that was a number of issues that happened in this person's life where they would not talk about their problems, right? Debt being one of them. yeah. And it was debt that was the problem. And it was being hidden from their family, not talking to people about it. The debt was getting worse and worse and worse. They were turning to alcohol, which then spiralled because the amount of money they spent on alcohol, because they were buying bottles of Jack Daniels. Mm Bottles and bottles of whiskey. We know it's not cheap. No, no, no. No. You know, and they were just sinking whatever spare money they had into it. And quite frankly, they didn't have spare money. So it turned into this dependency on alcohol Mm. that ultimately ruined their life. Because they didn't talk. Yeah. No one knew until the phone calls were coming, you know, and it got worse and worse. But spotting those signs earlier, had they been spotted earlier, or if that person had just spoken, could have resulted in a very different conversation.
0: And that's, you know, when you you look at the support that's out there, one of the big ones that most people recognise is Alcoholics Anonymous, right? Massive in America. Not so big in the UK, but they do have a support network. And that's the big thing. It's about people standing up, admitting they're an alcoholic, and talking about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the the kind of common denominator Mm -hmm. in every single conversation people have is talk about it. Yep. You know, because it is. It's like that's like a release, isn't it? It's like if you've got a, a a bottle of water and you're refilling it, and it gets to the top, and it just all spills out at the top. You know, it, it, you're kind of like that as a human being. It's yeah. like You know, you just it's just all overflowing. There's just too much stuff, and 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 you know, you become you become full. Yeah. Until you explode, yeah. literally, and that's kind of what it is. You fill a bottle up until it explodes. Um, and as humans, we need to. <laughs> For want of a better word, which I can already see a sedge nan kicking in, is you want to empty a little bit until you just a little bit <laughs> just a little bit just the tip yeah, just the tip you want to... <laughs> but you do you want to empty yourself of that information just to give yourself room,
0: release the burden yeah,
1: to give yourself yeah. room to take on more, and it's that's kind of what it is you know you want to empty half a bottle of water so mm-hmm. you can put more in there you know and actually comfortably deal with it um. I'm um, shit at analogies, by the way. There'll be a lot of them in this. I'll be thinking of them whilst we're talking about stuff and they'll just make no sense. But it helps me. That's fine. <laughs> I can quantify fine. shit by just talking crap. Um, but it is. It's like f- for for anybody that's dealing with stuff is we have a limit. Yep. Everybody has a limit.
0: And one day you'll just reach it. Yep. And that will impact you in different ways. It may be alco- alcoholism. It may be something else. Drugs. Yeah. yeah you know. Yeah. Um, you know, there's been times you and I, you get, you have a stressful day, and actually, all you want to do is go and spend some money on something.
1: Yeah, I, I know. I'm a, you know, I'm a huge. Yeah, cop, yeah. I just go, I want to
0: spend some money. Yeah.
1: But if you've got any money, no, but I want to spend it anyway.
0: And I'd just like to point out, we're terrible because we egg each other on yes. to spend money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's not talk about the most recent win for me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: and look, to be fair, right? Okay, so we are quite bad at egging each other on, which doesn't help, right? Knowing what we're like. But James generally gets me worse. Yeah, I would say you always just go get it, just go get it, and I got him a, a blinder recently, so I'm quite happy with that. Um, but it's no different. I don't. Uh, but again, and I think I had the conversation with you afterwards. You spent that money, and then you were like, "Oh my god, what have I done?" Yeah. And I sat there and said, you know, and this is quite important: is he works hard, he is a great provider for his family. He literally is a cab. Like, if you took his car away from him, it'd still, they'd be on his back and he'd just be driving around taking places. But it is, it's, it's, it works long hours. And I said, fuck it, why don't you do something for yourself? And sometimes that really helps. Doing something for yourself, although sometimes it does come with a little bit of guilt. And I get that, because you're... I can see the blisters on your hand. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it does come with a little bit of guilt. But ultimately, do something for yourself, because you fucking deserve it. You work to earn this money. You work hard and you just can't throw it all away and not get something that makes you happy. Yep. You know, and you don't spend money on yourself. No, but you don't. No, no, no. no. Not constantly. You might spend one large sum of money on yourself once a year or every now and again. But your money goes into other things.
0: Oh, yeah. It funds my family. Absolutely. Which
1: is right, okay? Which is, that's exactly, because you are breadwinner, right? You are, you know, that's it. But you, you have to do something for yourself. It can't be one-sided yep. all the time. Um, and again, I'm directing this at James, but this is probably more of a generic statement, is you know don't go spend frivolous amounts of money. You don't have buying stuff to make yourself feel better because ultimately you are probably end up making yourself feel worse. Be thoughtful about it. Yeah. Use your brain. But ultimately, uh, and that is one good thing you are good with, mm. you will balance out before you do something stupid, which is pretty good. Um, but actually, even if it is just... Going and buying, I don't know, a, a specific chocolate bar that you particularly want. I know it sounds silly, do yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But or, or a box of chocolates, or a, yeah. or a, you wanted that new mouse for your computer, or yeah. whatever you wanted. Something that could be cheap. It doesn't have to be a two thousand pound mobile phone. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> bastard. Yep, um, yeah, it doesn't have to be that, but it, it but you know, get something that you want. I mean, for me, I mean, my big thing is I like takeaway food. Yeah, I do like takeaway food and I'll get to a point where I've had a shitty week and I'll be like, it's a specific Chinese restaurant with a specific type of food I like. And it's like, it's gonna cost me 23 quid for one person to have what I want, but I'll spend it. Yep. And I don't feel bad.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, and interesting, it leads me on to my next point. So I wanna talk about the support that's available for uh, alcoholism and dependency. Now, the first one I want to talk about is a great app you can get in the app store called I Am Sober. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been using this and it's, it's really, really good. So y- you can pledge every day that you're going to stay sober. So first thing every morning, you, it brings up a reminder and you can pledge and you can put a note in there about why you're going to stay sober that day. Well, that's really good. At the end of that's the really day, good. it then asks you to review your day, how it's been. Did you stay sober? Yes or no? How have you felt? What kind of emotions have you been through? One of the other interesting things it does is it tots up over time how much money you've saved from not drinking. How does it How does it know that though? because you, you, you when you first set, start your journey out, you put in how much you spend on a daily basis on okay. alcohol.
1: Yeah. All right. Okay. So then so it kind of gives it takes you an indicator that average yeah, and it, yeah.
0: it mounts it up. So um, when I did a, a month of it last year, I mean the end of, the end result was astronomical. And It was you know I don't feel so bad going out and buying a new phone or. Uh, a new whatever because you know I know I've saved that money from not buying um, <coughs> wine every day or takeaways all the time or whatever so that's that's a really good app and I'd recommend it to anybody that's looking to uh, stop or even just monitor the amount they're drinking mm. um, we've spoken in previous episodes Mind, uh, Mind UK got a crisis service they're really good there's Drink Aware which is where we got a lot of this information from The Samaritans, they're available 24-7, 365 days a year. Um, Alcoholics Anonymous are available in the UK. If you do a quick Google, you'll find them. Um, And the NHS as well. Mm, Just your GP. Just your GP. 111, ring them up and talk to them about it.
1: And, and, you know, again, I think I kind of always come in with this kind of um, different opinion at the end of this around the conversations we're having and it, I feel like a bit of a broken record saying it, but it's, you know, we're talking about this sort of stuff from an uninformed mm. personal perspective and James and I will openly admit that we do all right. Yep. In our lives, we do all right. We, we suffer from different types of mental health problems and we've dealt with different types of mental health problems and actually to somebody else, our mental health problems might seem a drop in the ocean, you know, because you're dealing with something a lot harder. A lot worse, something that's specifically difficult for you. And listening to this you might be going, what do they know? Yeah. You know, and, and we absolutely expect that, right? We could well upset some people by these conversations by talking about stuff because, you know, it'd be like, you know, who are these two guys chatting about stuff they know nothing about my life? And you're absolutely right. We don't, right? And the point of these conversations it isn't for us to give you our opinion on stuff and tell you that we're right and you should be doing something a certain way. We're trying to encourage people to talk. And that goes at every level. Yep. And I think if you are absolutely suffering to the point of where listening to James and I talking about stuff that doesn't seem that important compared to what you've got to deal with, um, talk to someone. Because that's not our goal. The goal isn't to sit here and just talk about us and how mm. wonderful our lives are, how difficult our lives are. It's to sit here and make people aware of the fact that people suffer in different ways. And also as well, just to be very, very clear, is one man's mental health problems may seem really insignificant to somebody else. But the impact will be the same. Yeah. So no matter how low it is down somebody else's pecking order or how high it is, the mental problem is the same, Mm. you know. And it could just be something as simple as, I've got to pick my kids up at two o'clock. Yeah. And somebody might be sitting there absolutely, you know, in a situation where they're dependent on alcohol from this and their day, every day is a stress for them. But actually, you can't compare them. No. Because everyone feels stress a specific way, feels mental health problems a specific way. They're both important. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you stress about those things, the only way you're going to fix it is by talking about it. And I know I waffle, but it is important because, you know, being a normal human being and listening to podcasts and you sit there and go what do they know yeah i've been on that been on that side of before you have you sit there and go well i don't agree with that or it's not right um we can completely you know um relate emphasize empathize empathize with it yeah and relate to people feeling the same way this is this is just us talking yeah yeah? these are our opinions and our thoughts you know we're not saying we're right no no you know I think that's quite important. And we could well be coming across as self righteous or anything like that. Or you might be thinking, actually, yeah, we really do get mm. this, you know. We're well, good, you know. But even if you think we're complete cocks, still doesn't take away from the fact that we think you should talk to people. Yep.
0: Yeah. If you don't take anything else away from this, it's that have a conversation with somebody. Either, you know, because yourself you're suffering, or you know somebody that you can see those signs in that you think might need a conversation don't be afraid to to challenge when you think someone needs some help
1: yeah and i think we've said it before you know i mean i've made comments to people in james's life behind his back about mental health knowing that it could potentially be a problem because it's a scary thing to go talk to somebody else about somebody else's mental health Mm. but actually i'd much rather lose james as a friend than lose him off the planet and I think that was my kind of logic yeah. behind it: is is that rather save a life and lose a friend, you know, than just
0: you're gone completely, you know. So just to quantify, that was around the amount of hours I was working, not the yeah. amount of alcohol I'm yeah. consuming. So yeah, like, yeah. yeah it's it, it, yeah,
1: it, and again, but it doesn't again, but you're right. Um, just to quantify what it is, but it, it doesn't matter what the issue is, if you think that you need to talk to somebody about them and you think it would be better for you to have that conversation than to see somebody suffer then don't be be, scared. Yeah. Don't be scared. Or, or, God forbid it be even something stupid as just go and talk to them. Mm. Go and have a conversation with them about it. Are you all right? Are you okay? Some people will talk.
0: Ask twice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Are you okay? Yes. Are you sure you're okay?
1: Yeah. And, And actually a lot of the time, do you know what? Some people are just grateful that somebody's asked. I think that helps. Yeah. I think if somebody asks me if I'm all right, even if I don't want to tell them what's going on, at least I need to know somebody's given a damn enough to ask me that question, so.
0: next episode will be around goal setting. I uh, thought it was very apt for the new year to do a uh, an episode that talks around goal setting as a lot of people will be making New Year's resolutions in the new year. So uh, this will be looking at uh, how you can set goals, and uh, stick to them and I'll tell you uh, my experience in doing this which uh, hasn't gone too well to date but uh, new year new me and all that
1: Uh, and we can probably talk about our new year's resolutions in the next episode as well gives us a couple of weeks to have a think about what we can do other than the goal setting so (laughs) no idea absolutely we need to pick one epic new year's resolution and then probably at some point throughout the episode to see how well
0: we're doing with it (laughs) it's <laughs> a little bit of a check-in.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be cataclysmic. Anyway, thanks everyone for joining. We hope you have a lovely uh, a lovely weekend. Um, yeah, we'll see you next week. See you next week.
0: Thank you for listening today. We would really love to hear from you with comments and suggestions or if you'd like to join us on a future podcast.
1: Please email us at sedjonnan at onthemend.org.uk Or you can tweet us at saidyournan and find us on Instagram at saidyournan.